0: Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 251 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're talking all about how to get faster. And we're going to go over three common myths that a lot of people think actually lead them to getting faster, which actually do not. So if that sounds like something that you're interested in, stay tuned.
1: This is the Real Life Runners podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: All right, so today we're talking all about how to get faster.
1: Excellent. It sounds so much fun.
0: So much fun. It's like something that all runners basically want to do, right? Like a lot of times people get into running and they're like, okay, I just want to get in better shape, right? Or I want to lose weight or I want to do something and then they start to run, and they are like, "Oh, okay, this is how fast I'm running. I wonder if I could get faster, right?" That's, I, I feel like yeah. that's kind of the natural <laughs> progression of people. I, I wonder
1: if I could do it faster. Right? That person's doing it faster. It's that immediate like comparison trap. Yeah, that person's doing it faster. I feel like I should be as fast as that person. I'm going to do it faster. Now. Yeah,
0: and I think that like you know to an extent this is a fantastic thing, and this happens a lot too, especially with um, running groups, right? Like, or if you have running friends that you start running with, like you start comparing yourself to other people people or you start to notice like kind of where you fall in the group right like are you up at the front with the you know people that are faster in the group or are you kind of like somewhere in the middle or are you kind of pulling up the rear like where are you because I know that like a lot of people that come to us are like I feel like I'm always slowing people down like that's I think a, a big motivation for people wanting to get faster is that they run with other people and they don't want to slow their friends down or they don't want to be the ones at the back of the pack
1: yeah you bring in an interesting one with with running groups because you kind of to like find your spot inside of the group. And one of the first runners we coached way back in my very early uh, days of of high school coaching, she started running, Mm -hmm. and basically the girls' pack broke into two groups. And it was like, well, I could go with these ones, who are the fastest girls on varsity, or I could go with those ones, who took a walking break as soon as they turned right out of the school parking lot, and the coach couldn't see them anymore.
0: Right, which is about a quarter mile, for those of you that don't know the school that we we coach at.
1: And she made the, the choice to head with the girls that were the fastest girls on the team Mm -hmm. and within a week she was the fastest girl on the team right so like it was it's kind of a big choice to her but Mm -hmm. she had to decide where do I fall on it am I going to choose faster or, or am I going to choose the walking break?
0: Yeah. Why do you think, I mean, so I think that that's definitely one reason, right? Like why do people actually want to get faster? Number one is because they're comparing themselves to someone else or some, like other people in their running group and sure. they want to be able to keep up with people, right? Like talking about real life runners, not, um, we are assuming here that you don't get into running in that competitive lifestyle, like okay. in, in high school, cross country, right? Because if you're, if you get into running then, then it's like automatically embedded in your, head right get that you have to get there's faster. a hierarchy in right. the team you, exactly. what number runner am I right but assuming that you start running like later in life not on a competitive team what are other motivations that you think that like would cause someone to want to run faster
1: um, I mean, I think the best possible answer is curiosity, but I feel like comparison is often a, an you, early indicator. Yeah.
0: I was going to say like, do you think that most people actually go to curiosity though? N- not quickly. I don't think so because I know I did it. Like no, I just, you did not. and we I'm going to, you know, talk a little bit more about this later in the episode, but like, I just was like, well, I'm not a good runner. Like, you know, like uh, you just like label yourself or I'm a slow runner. I'm a, like, like you start to label yourselves very quickly on, I think like, especially when you start to. Try to run faster and it's really not working out for you. Like, maybe you try to start doing some of the, the common things that we're going to talk about today, and you start trying to, to get faster and it's not working, or it's maybe certainly you not get,
1: working quick enough yeah, for or you. Or maybe
0: you start to get faster for like a little bit and then like and, it, and then stops, like yeah. you stop getting faster, right? And that's what where a lot of people. Start to fall into um, the traps that we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah. But I think that uh, the comparison is a big one. Just I want to see if I can get faster. And then you're stuck in that like, all right, how do I do it? Mm -hmm. Which does not necessarily lead to the best results because you might just try impulsively to just go faster with Mm -hmm. the hope of getting faster. Yeah. Which is not... Not really the best player.
0: Which we're going to talk about today. And so I think it's like, you you either have friends that are runners or family members that are runners that you're like, well, if she can do it that fast, I I sure as heck better, you know, do it faster than that.
1: Heck, before I hit a team, I was running with my dad and Mm -hmm. it was like, well, I mean, he's old, so I should be able to beat him. That was my thought. (laughs) Yeah. I believe he was uh, essentially my age. Oh, (laughs) don't do that
0: to us. (laughs) Like, I know, like when reality actually hits, it's kind of crazy, but like. Yeah, so I think that that's one. And then the other would be like someone that just started recreationally running, mm-hmm. and then they just do a 5K, right? Yeah. And so they throw themselves in the middle of a 5K, and now all of a sudden they're comparing themselves to everyone else around them.
1: Well, you also, when you throw yourself into any race, yeah. you now have a number associated with you. Mm-hmm.
0: And well, a which- ranking.
1: Sure, right? there's like a ranking there's age
0: group rankings yeah. for a lot of them, and they'll post them up, and people are over there. Like you know, I mean, now people are looking at their phones, of but course. like the best is like when people used to gather by the the sandwich board. Sandwich
1: boards, the sandwich and there's, boards. yeah. Try and find yourself <laughs> yeah. on there, um, yeah. But the the results get there; they're visual, you can see it, and if it's connected to a a, a number, mm-hmm. I mean, the rankings one thing that leads to some quick comparison, but connected to a number is then like, huh. So I, I am a 27-and-a-half-minute 5K runner. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then you, you get yeah, a, What does that mean? Right. You get a feeling about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if I could be a 26-minute 5K runner. Well, at least I'm not the 29-minute. Or like mm-hmm. Everybody's going to have that thing because the, that thought uh, around 27 is going to be the same thought that the person at like 35 is having and the same thought that the person at 16 is having. Yeah. They're like, all right, this is where I am mm-hmm. based off of what I just did. I have a, I have a data point. And now I'm going to have some feelings about that, yeah. and decide whether I'm happy with it or I would like to make that number smaller.
0: Right? Because I think that like all of us as runners have a natural ability, right? Like there is some level of natural ab- ability to us as runners. Like you, I would say, have a greater natural ability when it comes to running than I do. Like okay. you are just a naturally naturally faster runner. Like for Kevin, and obviously there's both nature and nurture going on here, right? There is the natural ability and then there is how much you actually, how you train, right? That will actually make you faster or slower or not make progress at all.
1: Sure. It's like the Wayne Gretzky analogy, like phenomenal hockey player gifted at that. But if his dad didn't create the environment around him where Mm -hmm. he could have thrived in hockey, would he have ever been a phenomenal hockey player?
0: Right. Well, so I think like that all all of us have some sort of natural ability Mm -hmm. and then it's just a matter of like what we decide to do with that and how we, decide to train, whether or not we actually can get faster or do get faster because I believe that everyone can get faster if you train the right way and if you avoid some of these common traps that we're going to be talking about today. I 100% believe that everyone could get faster because I am living proof of it. And I and we've got also hundreds of other runners that we've coached that are living proof of it. <laughs> but, too. like, me, I know this, to, uh, you know, of myself because I definitely pigeonholed myself. I always told myself, like, I'm not a good runner. I'm just a slow runner. Like, I was always, you know, when we had to run the, like, one mile or the two mile in, like, volleyball for conditioning, I was, like, Near the near the near the back, you know, like because I was just like, oh, I'm just not a good runner. I'm a heck of a good volleyball player, but I'm not a good runner. You know, thank God I didn't tr- choose cross country. Well, you also <laughs> yeah. probably
1: were back there one saying I'm not a good runner, and two, this what is sucks. The, what is the point of this? This sucks. This sucks. That's <laughs> the Why- worst. We're on a small volleyball court. Why am I running two miles? This makes no sense. This seems completely ridiculous. So you're throwing all of these negative thoughts at it. Now, obviously, you are not going to be excelling at that thing because you're telling yourself you're not good and it's pointless of what you're doing. (laughs) Right. It's a bad setup. It's a
0: bad bad combination. So um, understanding that all of us can get faster. And yes, my thoughts were very crappy back then and since i've cleaned those up and gotten to that place of curiosity really that was the biggest place that i got to that really opened up a new door in my running it was like i wonder if i could get faster like and that was i, I remember when i first started to actually follow a plan mm-hmm. you know and started to actually train with some sort of purpose like i was kind of like huh i wonder if i could get faster you know and once i i did that i just dropped i mean i i followed a plan for a 5k and dropped 2 minutes off my 5k yeah. time, which was like insane after just like a couple of months. So, it is possible for you if you train in the right way. But before we get into that, let's talk about three of the most common myths that we th- that we see runners m- making uh, I shouldn't say m- myths that they're making. Some mm-hmm. of the three most common mistakes that runners make because of these beliefs that are actually not very, um, not very true. Like they're true in some some circumstances, but we're going to talk about the nuance that, of that today. That's the
1: thing. We're going to discuss yeah. the gray area because they sound true mm-hmm. because they all are sort of partially, slightly true
0: to an extent. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's going to show you that nothing's black and white, right? Like there's always this huge amount of gray area, and, and that's where we like to live um, in a lot of different ways. I
1: know, but we should be more controversial here on the podcast because I think that will definitely ramp up our, our listenership.
0: Oh, is that it? Uh We just have to be super polarizing. All
1: black and white polarized. And we're going to get to polarized training in a second.
0: (laughs) All right. So um, number one, the mistake number one that a lot of people make when they are trying to get faster is that they think that running faster will make me faster, right? If I just push a little bit harder, I will get faster. So what happens is a lot of times people go out and just every day they just try to run a little bit faster. They try to push a little bit harder. You know, if that loop... That they that loop that you run around your house, if that took you 33 minutes last week or a couple of days ago, you're gonna to try to do it in 32 minutes this week. You just try to keep pushing it a little bit more.
1: Right, and so that's the like the classic every run needs to be slightly faster. Whatever it's like a three, a four, or five mile mm-hmm. run, everything's a little bit faster. Maybe you're already trying to do speed work, and you're doing things like hill repeats. Like all right, well I went up that hill in 45 seconds, mm-hmm. so now I better do it in 44, or I'm clearly slowing down. Yeah, you know if you hit the Same hill repeat over and over and over again. Say you're doing it like eight times, they're gonna get slower, Mm -hmm. or maybe you're hitting the same time, but they're getting a whole heck of a lot harder. Yeah, and if you go really hard on the first one, they're just actually gonna get slower. It doesn't that it's not a sign that your body is in fact slowing down, Mm -hmm. it's just that you're kind of getting tired from the workout. It's how it works,
0: it's how it works, and so it makes sense why people think this. Like, I completely understand why you might think this, like, I know that I thought this for a while because, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, we're told that pushing harder is the key to success. Like it makes sense, right. To, to get faster, I should just push a little bit harder. I should just try to run faster. If I want to get faster, I should just try to run faster, right? And especially me, um, you know, coming from that competitive sports background like I was talking about, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. Like I was taught to always be pushing myself. Like and if if you weren't giving your all, then you weren't doing enough, right? It's yeah. kind of goes back to that whole like no pain, no gain mentality that a lot of, you know, you see on the motivational posters all over the place.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it says it on a poster, especially if there's a cat- Cat clinging to like a ledge. Then clearly, it must be true. The
0: cat clinging to a ledge. Isn't
1: that the inspirational poster where the cat just just keep your grip going? And there's a cat. There's poster,
0: a cat poster. Okay, fine. <laughs>
1: okay. I mean, maybe we I don't f-
0: know the cat poster. <laughs> All
1: right, fine. I'd, We're gonna
0: have to find it now.
1: But is no pain, no gain? No pain, no pain, <laughs> no gain. Is that is that a quote that we can give to like Confucius or Aristotle? Because when in doubt, I think that's also yeah. A good I don't. I
0: don't. I don't see that happening.
1: Confucius says no pain, no gain. <laughs> I think that's spot Confucius on. Confucius
0: says, right. But the the issue with this thinking. Is that this is not how distance running actually works, right? Like
1: I thought it was, too.
0: Well, see, this is the interesting thing, right? Because I came from a non-running background, Mm -hmm. but you came from a running background.
1: Yeah, but when I was on, I mean, competitive running with a very, very good coach... I still, every time we would go out and run, we'd have like workouts, like speed workouts twice a week, but then we had easy runs. Mm-hmm. And I pushed the easy runs because I was pretty confident that the way that I was going to get to be the fastest guy in the team was to just run faster on my easy runs. Even
0: though your coach told you not to?
1: Oh, every single time. Like before we would take off on an easy run, brown, easy, an easy pace, slow it down, nice and easy, <laughs> should be comfortable the whole time. Yeah. Okay, got it. And then I would just take off.
0: Right. Because in your 14-year-old mind, you knew more than the...
1: Than the, like, multiple California state-winning coach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I...
0: But isn't isn't that interesting? But, like, okay, so that's you as a 14-year-old. So, obviously, like, we as 40-year-olds or 50-year-olds that have been living our life for a long time, right, we hear these things... That you know, from running coaches like us that are telling you slow to, slow down to get faster, and they're like, yeah, no, that's not true. Like yeah, if I just if I sense. just clearly that's not going to work for me. If I just keep pushing harder, then I'm going to get faster. These okay. people don't know what they're talking okay, about. Okay, so
1: here's the issue: is it does work. At first. At first. So when I first started running, I pushed harder on all my easy days. So I would push extra hard on workout days and then I would push harder on easy days. Now I was 14. And as you can obviously tell by my build, I was just jacked full of testosterone. (laughs) Um, So I could also recover faster than I do right now. Mm. So it was okay from a physical not breaking down my body Mm. that I pushed a little bit too hard. And as a new runner, turns out you can do just about anything. Mm -hmm. And you get better. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the glory of being a high school freshman getting into cross country is it doesn't matter what your coach does to you. You're probably going to be better at the end of the season than you were at the start of the season Mm -hmm. unless you get hurt. Right. I didn't get hurt. Therefore, I was faster, Mm -hmm. which then justified in my mind. I was going
0: to say, yeah, that reinforced your belief. Bingo. Yeah.
1: So clearly the answer (laughs) is push it really freaking hard every day. So by the time I was the the senior leader on my team, before almost every single easy run, Coach would send us out and then he would grab me by the shirt and be like, Brown, easy. And it got to the point where he would make me run with other people on yeah. the team because if I went solo I would just I would push it too fast.
0: So even by your senior year this still hadn't gotten through you too? <sighs>
1: So I would have some easy days, but I still felt that I would be better off if some of my easy days were at least towards a moderate effort.
0: Yeah. So you Mm. still felt like if you were going easy and you weren't pushing yourself, that you weren't doing enough. Right. Right. That you were, like, leaving something on the table. Something on the table. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, and so this is so interesting, right, because when we look at mar- like elite runners like kipchoge right the fastest sure. marathon runner in history he runs most of his runs at an easy pace right like yes. we know now scientifically from so many experts so many elite runners like there, there's a reason that they call it the Kenyan shuffle yes. right like Kenyans are known to be some of the best marathon runners in history and you want to explain the Kenyan shuffle kind of what that what so, that is for, for anybody that doesn't know
1: so recovery runs and it, it's funny to watch I actually follow Kip Chogi on Instagram he, he posts every once in a while there's a lot of ads that he does for his sponsors and yeah. stuff but he'll take videos of like him training with his teammates and they're like oh yeah went off for our afternoon jog and you're like like, okay, funny afternoon jog. And then they show the video, they're going like nine, eight minute pace, yeah. which depending on who our listeners are, that might be super fast. But for a man who can run a marathon averaging four thirty per mile, yeah. an eight or nine minute pace is essentially walking
0: yeah it's four minutes slower than his marathon time yes like that's
1: four four minutes per mile right and (laughs) uh, the thing about the canyon shuffle is it does gradually get faster over the course of the run and so they often end up finishing and this is where people get thrown i'm convinced this is where people get thrown they'll end up finishing close to like six minute pace Mm -hmm. And people are like oh well if they're going at six minute pace that means that i should be going fairly aggressively not realizing that six minute pace is still a minute and a half per mile slower than he can race 26 miles, Yeah, that is still a remarkably comfortable pace. Yeah, It's just that it starts even slower than that. Right,
0: which is why numbers are totally relative, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, what's easy for Kipchoge is not the same thing as what's easy for me, obviously, Very or true. what's easy for you. You know, like, you're closer to him than I am. Like, I look at those numbers and I'm just like, this is not even human, you know? Like, I don't even understand. Like, sometimes when I'll be doing speed work, <laughs> I'll be hitting like, course, Of repeats and I'll like look at my watch and I'll be really proud of it. I'm like oh that's fun Kevin runs um, a whole marathon at faster than this <laughs> like at this pace no actually faster faster than this one right
1: so you do right. some com- I mean we're, we're all human Humans we all get compare. stuck with this comparison this is what we do like so you, compare you know to me yeah. I compare to you Kipchoge? know I try not to compare to Kipchoge <laughs> yeah. but I compare to you know certainly some of the like the elite American men that mm-hmm. I follow online or some of the elite American women who would still toast me in any workout I'm yeah. not keeping up with them they're like 220 I can run 230 highs Somewhere in that range. 230 (laughs) something. Yes. 230 something. Sure, put a question mark on that last digit there. Yeah. Um, But still, everybody's paces are relative. So when coaches say you need to run easy in order to get faster, Mm -hmm. that's easy for you. That's not somebody else's easy pace. That's what actually feels easy to your body.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. And so this is why, you know pushing harder and just trying to run faster in order to get faster does not work like even the elites know that pushing harder on every run is just a recipe for injury for burnout and for plateau for really just not yeah. making progress. Right. And I think that's what some of the things that you faced finally, like in high school is that like you got to a point where you just weren't getting any better.
1: Right. I mean, then especially as that carried over to college and then my mileage increased, yeah. and I was still trying to push all the time. I wasn't even trying to push. I was just trying to hang on for dear life because yeah. I was walking onto a very high caliber team. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up having to push super hard on all yeah. of them, which then just broke me.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's really what ends up happening, you know, to mm-hmm. so many runners that believe that you know i have to just run faster if i want to get faster they just keep pushing harder so if you just are keep you know pushing harder or just trying to run faster on every single run you are likely very very likely that you're just going to get injured right because your training is not balanced and you just end up pushing harder and breaking your body down and then not recovering and then breaking your body down and then not recovering there's only so much that you can do that before your body just is like nope I give up. Right. Right. Like I'm I'm waving the white flag. It's time that you're now injured or sick.
1: At first you might get some actual results out of this maybe, but very quickly, especially the longer and longer you do it, you're, you're essentially just keep digging into your body and Mm -hmm. never building it back up. And that's just, you're going to get broken at some point.
0: Right. Exactly. So instead of thinking that you just need to go out and run faster on every single run, what you actually need to be doing is, is what's called polarized training, which is, you know, where the majority of your runs feel easy and then some of your running feels harder, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, when we talk about the, at the beginning, the kind of the gray area, like it's true, like... Pushing harder and running faster will get you faster as long as that's only a little bit of what you're doing and that most of your running is at that easy pace.
1: Right. And then, you know, what hard running is is also a relative thing. Yes. Like you don't have to go nice and easy and all out sprints. Mm-hmm. Like that's also not as as far apart as it needs to be. And it yeah. gets a little nuanced here and probably beyond how, how detailed we want to go into on the podcast right now. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is, is that faster does not require All out sprints. If you're training for anything above like a mile, nothing should be so emphasized on super high end all out sprints. Yeah. It, it's barely, it's sprinkled in. It's like, it's a little extra seasoning on top. And not like, oh, well, I'll put some salt on it and it'll taste better. No, no, no. Like the super spicy cayenne that you're mm-hmm. putting. Like it's a very delicate add on when you're putting sprints into a into Yeah, a training but plate. like
0: even to the other end of that, it should also not be all tempo running. This is right? also Right? Like very it true. should not all, all just be like, oh, I'm just going to go on a tempo run. Like you do need some some. Some of that higher end speed if you want to get faster, you know, like tempo running is huge. It's very important, but like same thing goes there. Right. So, you know, do you want to keep thinking that running should feel hard to be effective or, you know, that you need to keep pushing harder? Or are you willing to be open to the idea that running can actually feel easy most of the time and you can get faster in the process because that's where we like to live. And that's where we've seen tons of amazing results for both us and for hundreds of runners that we've been able to help. All right. Myth number two. Okay. Mistake number two that we see a lot of runners make. Okay. So myth number one was running faster will make you faster. Mistake number two is running more will get you faster, right? Just, I just need to run more, right? Like if, if
1: just keep doing it more
0: is better, right? Has to be the answer to getting faster, right? People think that if you want to get faster, you just have to add mileage.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if you do anything more, then mm-hmm. you'll naturally just get better at that thing. Right. Like that's kind of, I think the, the background behind where running more comes in of, if I just keep doing a thing, I'll eventually get better at that, which is not true. If you t- keep doing a thing inappropriately, you'll get better at doing it inappropriately.
0: Right. So we want to kind of look at this, like will adding mileage really make you a better runner? Right. And, you know, I can totally understand why people think this way, right? Because you always hear about the 10,000 hour rule, yes. right? Like it's a good rule. You've probably heard people talk about this rule of, like, if you want to get better at something, if you want to master something, you just have to do it for 10,000 hours, right? And then all of a sudden, you will become an expert at something, right? You just, if you do it more, you'll get better at it. And it makes sense. Like, more is better in some circumstances, right? But a lot of people like to point out the flaws with the 10,000-hour rule, right? Because um, I know, which book was it? I think it was Atomic Habits. And I think it's been mentioned in a couple other books Mm -hmm. that I've read before, too, of, like, 10,000 hours of practice is just more practice. And if you're practicing something incorrectly then you're going to master that thing incorrectly right like you'll
1: master the wrong way of doing it you get really efficient at doing the the move however incorrectly you're practicing
0: right so better is not better or more is not better better is better right and that's where a lot of people talk about focused practice and and that's one of the things Deliberate deliberate practice that's one of the things he goes into in the book which is fantastic so I want us to just like think about this idea of the 10,000 hour rule for a second and I like to think about planting a seed. Sure. Right. So we all know that if you plant a seed a seed needs water to sprout and grow right. So if water helps a seed grow then will adding more water make that seed grow faster or bigger.
1: I mean not if you're already giving it the right amount of water.
0: Well and that's where it 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 comes in right it's like so if we keep adding water like will it keep getting bigger or are there other things that also contribute to how that seed develops like sunshine and the soil and the temperature the size of the pot that it's inside of the type of seed it is sure right like all of these things contribute to how big the seed or how you know, whether or not that seed actually sprouts and then how big that plant actually grows.
1: Right. Otherwise you may get to a point where you just keep dumping water on it and now you've drowned the seed. You've essentially just killed the seed and it never is going to sprout at all.
0: Exactly. So depending on what type of seed it is, it needs the right balance of water and sunshine and soil and all the other things that are going to help it grow. But going back to that like what type of seat is it? Like, I think that is very true for us as runners as well. Like the same thing goes for us as runners. Like we need the right balance of several things like running strength, training, recovery, nutrition, all of these things that we like to talk about here on the podcast. And inside our Real Life Runner Training Academy, we coach people to know exactly what how to you know incorporate this into a plan that works for you. But we need all of these things to help us develop into that stronger and faster runner. But it ultimately goes back to that seed, right? Like what type of seed is this? Is this a succulent? Is it a sunflower seed? Is it a cucumber seed? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what is it that what kind of seed is it? And that's why it's so important to know what kind of seed it is, a.k.a. what kind of runner you are, like who you are as a runner. What are your goals? What is your body? What is your lifestyle like? What are your goals, right? You need to find the right balance in a way that works
1: for you. Right, because... At the core of this, sometimes running more is, in fact, the best answer. Yeah, like Like, for
0: you that's training for a 100-mile race, you need to run
1: more. For someone who's currently running, like, 5 miles a week, they can probably get in better shape by running 10 miles a week. Right. Uh, But... Once you, you reach a certain point, then much like your, your seed analogy, you get to the point where you've Mm overwatered. Like there are professional marathoners who peak at like 70 miles a week, 80 miles a week. And there are other marathoners who peak at like 140 Mm -hmm. and they're running comparable race times. It's just, they're different athletes, even Mm -hmm. though they're literally training for the same race and they're running similar times. Mm -hmm. They both, they get to the end result in different ways because they've figured out what system works the best for them.
0: Yeah. I hundred percent agree, and like, and that's the thing is like, if if this was true, right? If more was better, than elite runners who literally run for a living, right? That's yep. what they do. They go out and they run their morning run, and then they come home, and they eat and they take a nap, and then they go out and they run again. Like they, some of them run like two to three times a day, sure. right? And then they have their strength sessions and all these different things. But if more, just adding more mileage would make them automatically faster, then all they would be doing would be spending all their time running. Like, how much mileage can I do? And we all know that there's an upper limit at some point. Like, and that upper limit is different for everyone, right? Like, some people are able to run, like you said, 100 miles a week. Some people are only able to run 20 miles a week, 30 miles a week, 40 miles a week, depending on who you are, what your goals are like, what your lifestyle is like, all these things, right? But ultimately, there's that upper limit limit you can't just keep adding mileage more and more and more and more.
1: Now, they tried to do this a while ago. Like For a while, like the key coaching concept was just add more mileage. Yeah. Like The best coaches in the world, their training philosophy was, how many miles can we put into this person mm-hmm. before they break? And they had runners, like Olympic caliber runners, that were doing 200 plus mile weeks. Mm-hmm. They literally were just going out and running. And then other coaches were like, eh, maybe if we change like effort levels, maybe mm-hmm. if we add in strength training, maybe if we make them sprint up... Hills, and they changed some of the like some of the exercise stimulus and managed to reduce some of the volume reduce the chance that they were getting hurt Mm -hmm. and still get the same performances out of it so this is a key is part of the issue of just throwing more and more miles is the way to find your upper limit is sometimes well i could run this and i didn't get hurt and then i tried to run this and i did get hurt so apparently i may have found my limit at this current strength level that's not really a safe way to test your upper limits. Mm -hmm. Like you want to be real gradual about it. Make sure that you're building in all these other areas of strength so that you're capable of running higher mileages. If that's even something that is, is interesting for you.
0: Yeah. But like, you know, if you decide like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to keep running more, right? Like then if you keep running more and don't make and follow a plan that's right for you, ultimately what's going to happen is your progress is going to stall And you're probably going to get injured, right? Or just burn out from all of those miles. You're just going to be exhausted all the time.
1: Right. If you focus on mileage is the answer, then all of the other things Mm -hmm. from recovery to nutrition to, you know, strength training, but like the the stuff that people don't even think to put on a plan, like, am I sleeping enough? That'll start sliding away because in your head, it's more important to get in the extra couple of miles Mm -hmm. than the extra, you know hour of sleep yeah it's more important that my my mileage hits whatever number you have made up
0: right exactly so instead of thinking that you just need to keep adding miles you have to understand like what we said before more is not better necessarily better is better like what is right for you just like the seed you need to create the ideal environment for you to flourish it's about doing the right things for you, your body, your goals, and your lifestyle, ultimately. Like, how do you want to live, right? Like, how much time do you want to put into your training? Because it's a mix of all of these various things and creating a personalized plan that works for you and also that you enjoy doing, right? Like, if you're the kind of person that loves high mileage, you know, like, we have runners on our team that love the mileage, right? You know, and and so we have higher mileage plans for them. And then we have, you know, other runners that are like, I want to run what I need to run in order to achieve my goal. Yes. Right. And then I also like to do yoga and I also like to do biking or swimming or other types of cross training or, you know, they just don't want to run that much also. Yeah. Like they just might have a really busy job and kids and other things to take care of. So it's like, I want to achieve my goals and I want to do what's necessary to achieve that goal, but I don't need to do more than that. I certainly
1: don't need more than exactly. that because I'm not getting the extra enjoyment out of it, right?
0: And so that's why it's so important to really understand you as a runner and like what you like, what you do don't like. And then ultimately find that balance in that training plan that has a correct like mix of things for you.
1: Right. Okay. So mistake number one, running faster, always to get faster that does not work you have to not always run fast right mistake number two just running more if i just hoping you'll
0: get faster (laughs)
1: yes i think that's really the 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 method behind that like running faster to get faster makes some logical sense Mm -hmm. running more and hoping i think is the second one
0: it i mean it is but again it goes back to that like we've been told like if you do something enough you'll get better at it yes right so people think okay well if i just keep doing it then i'll get better at it i'll become a better runner and and, uh, people think okay better equals faster
1: right right which it does not always work not. out that way. No. All right. So mistake number three, weighing less will help you get faster. If I was able Ooh, to here's drop, a good one. I know this one, we might get some pushback on this one. Weighing less it. It. is if I could just drop my weight, then I will be able to get faster.
0: Right. So people think, okay, if I just lose 10 pounds or if I lose 20 pounds, I will be faster. Right. And so I can also see where this makes sense, right? Sure. Why people might think this, like, Less body mass should mean faster running. It's what people think of when they think of like the typical runner's body, and I'm putting air quotes for those of you that can't see me. Yeah. And for those of you that can't large see me, air quotes, like if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're listening to us on a podcast player, just know that I've been starting to put these podcast episodes up on YouTube. So if you go over to YouTube at Real Life Runners, you can watch us every week with our podcast. There you go. <laughs> so anyway. Um, But when you think about the typical runner's body, when you look at elite marathon runners out there, right, they're all what I would consider thin or slim, right? They have – they're very – they don't have a lot of excess body fat.
1: Right. And when you you see somebody like in the lead group that – essentially is the size of most normal like runners walking around I don't a quote unquote normal like not your elite looking more of your like your age group competitive athlete they look huge standing mm. next to some of the well, other it's, runners again
0: the comparison right right like and so you know this is what we want to start to again let's look at this right is this actually true does a lower body weight actually equate to faster times and there's a couple ways that I want to look at this. Like number one, does everyone who loses weight automatically get faster? Like does weight loss always equal faster times? And I would argue, I, it, no.
1: I gotta say no. Pretty, I mean, there's gotta easily be. In that one. There's gotta
0: be at least a few people, right? I right. mean, there's gotta be. I'm sure a lot more than that. But losing weight does not automatically equal faster times. No,
1: and the thing is, and it it leads to a very dangerous path of eating disorders is yes. sometimes taking a couple pounds off somehow leads to a better result. I think, believe from like actual straight physics behind it of you can move a slightly less amount of mass with the same force and you'll end up going faster.
0: But the problem here is that people think about weight as just weight, right? right. As pounds. Right. When in reality, that's not really what we want. Like we as runners or anyone that's ever wanted to lose weight, like, We think it's about the number on the scale, but it's actually not. It's actually about body fat, right? Like we want to lose body fat. Like if you say you want to lose weight, you probably don't want to lose muscle like you probably want to lose body fat. You probably don't want to lose bone density, right? Which also contributes to your weight.
1: (laughs) No one sits around and goes, you know what I think would really help me be a better runner is if I had less dense bones. Right.
0: (laughs) But this is what happens when people restrict and diet and don't eat enough and and don't fuel their bodies well. They don't just lose body fat. They lose muscle mass and they lose bone density. And this is what causes a lot of other hormonal problems and other health problems in runners that are trying to maintain in this very thin body.
1: Right. So like the worst thing that could happen here is you lose a couple pounds, you get a a positive race result where you're like, oh, wow, I lost a couple of pounds and I did go faster. And you somehow make the connection that one automatically caused the other Mm -hmm. rather than stating that they may have just correlated. Maybe you just happened to have set up and had a great race that day Mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with how much you weighed. The weight could be completely irrelevant. You could have put that weight back on and still run the exact same time maybe even faster, unclear, because you can't go back and run the exact same thing twice. Yeah, But people will lose a couple pounds and run faster and think, oh, that's the answer and then mm-hmm. try and keep dropping the number even more as though yeah. somehow just continuing to drop the weight is going to make your times get faster, faster and faster and faster
0: yeah well it's the same it's thing not, that that's not how
1: that's going to work but
0: it's the same thing you did in high school right it's sure. like when when something happens and you think this is the cause of it yes then it reinforces that belief in your head right ah, yes correlation so,
1: not causation
0: yeah and this is where we want to just start questioning these things and that's really the point of this episode is like helping you guys start to just look at these things because we we as humans we form beliefs so many times without even thinking about them consciously, right? Like this thing happened and this thing happened. They happen at the same time. Therefore, you know, this is the cause, right? And, and so this is where we want to kind of start to look at this, right? Has there ever been a runner who gained weight and then ran faster?
1: 100%.
0: 100%.
1: I would argue most runners coming off of an eating disorder fall right in that category. Totally. I mean, you're going to get plenty of other runners in there, Mm -hmm. but... People who, and I mean, I went to college with people with this, and I've heard of plenty of, of podcasts with some professional runners out there yep. who came back from eating disorders and were like, I thought I was doing well, and then I actually got treatment for my disordered eating. Mm-hmm. I was forced to basically put on 10 pounds and suddenly I could train at levels yep. that I had not been able to train at before exactly. with consistency that I'd never had before. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to the breakthrough performances. Yeah. I
0: mean, Molly Seidel is very open about this, yes. right? Like she, all, she struggled with an eating disorder and she had to go get treatment for it. And now like after her treatment for her eating disorder and gaining weight. Now she, she just um, won the bronze medal in the Olympics marathon, right? Like, and, and there are, and I love, and I appreciate so many of these strong female runners. There's not as many on the male side that, that have started talking about this yet, but I'm sure they're out there.
1: They're out there. It's just, it's, it's, uh, It's not as bold of a conversation. It's less...
0: It's more taboo, I think. Yeah. You know, it's like... It's it's very interesting what's happening. But I think it's so powerful to see these people coming out and talking about their struggles that they've had and, you know, helping us understand as real life runners, like, yeah, what we see happening, it's just kind of like it's Instagram and social media, right? Like what you see on someone's Instagram feed is not everything. Like that's not... Exactly how their life looks. You're getting like the, the uh, highlight reel. Yes, you right. Get the highlight
1: reel. This is something I just saw today on Twitter of like, don't ever post your easy days on Strava. <laughs> of like, no, no, no one wants the judgment coming from an easy yeah. day posted on Strava. Ooh, how, forbid. How, how slow are you going on that day?
0: Right. But going back to this belief, right, let's look at some sprinters, right? Like, I, I just want to, again, <laughs> let's keep questioning this belief. It, is it actually true? Does a lower body weight actually equate to faster times? Let's look at sprinters, right? Sprinters. Actually build muscle and intentionally gain weight in order to get faster, yeah right 100%. like they, they have to bulk they gain weight and then like turn that weight into muscle, and that helps them get faster and like I understand that it's like a different distance and people will be like well a sprinter and a distance runner aren't the same thing like I understand that, but it's still the point of does gaining weight or does losing weight automatically make you faster on the answers? No,
1: no, definitely not. And I mean, you can also just logically draw this out to a conclusion. Right. If you lost, let's make some easy numbers here. If I lost five pounds and I dropped a minute in my 5k and I lost another five pounds, I would obviously drop another minute. So if I dropped another five pounds, I would drop another minute. Mm-hmm. Eventually I'd be running negative pounds, negative times. And mm-hmm. I would weigh zero pounds. Like mm-hmm. the, the, Eventual, like linear conclusion yeah. here, it does not play out. It
0: doesn't play out, right. And so, I want us to, say, I'm going to offer one more thing for us to think about. Okay. If we think about a car, okay, if the frame of a car is lighter, if the frame of a car weighs less, does that automatically make the car faster?
1: Probably not. No. And there's a few things that go into how fast the car is going to be able to go. Of
0: course. Like, number one being the size and the power of the engine, sure. right? Like, how big is the engine? How How powerful is that engine? Number two, the fuel efficiency, right? Like, how efficient is that engine at taking the fuel and converting it into energy? Same thing goes for our body, right? Like, our body, like, how... Efficient is our body at producing energy from the glycogen and the fat that we have stored on our bodies.
1: Right, and if you're going at faster speeds, then how efficient is our body at getting rid of waste material, or even converting waste material like the lactate? Our body has a system where we can then the the you know what we've been told for decades. There, I mean, I remember my high school coach saying you got to make sure that you flush the lactic acid out of your legs, which is totally not a thing. Yeah. Um, but your body actually takes the lactic acid, converts it to lactate, and then there's another method that it converts that into fuel to continue you running. Right. This happens at much faster speeds, but your body has to get good at it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just naturally do that. So you have to train yourself to use all sorts of different mm-hmm. fuel sources when you're running at the really high speeds.
0: Exactly. Right. And so what we want to show you guys, in, like, and this kind of goes back to that, the eating disorder is, issue, is that like... If you're trying to lose weight in order to get faster, if that's the sole goal, like this really is a recipe for disaster for a lot of people. Because like we said, there's always some sort of endpoint, right? Like losing weight does not automatically correlate with faster times. And what I see that is even worse is when runners try to lose weight and train for a race or train to try to get faster at the same time and this is just awful it's a recipe for disaster because they're constantly exhausted because they're not fueling themselves right Right. they're trying to lose weight so they're restricting what they're eating they're not refueling their body and so they're just tired all the time they're not improving right they're not actually getting faster because they're not giving their body the fuel that they need
1: so there's no there's never recovery there's
0: never recovery right they end up getting injured because, again, your body will break itself down. Like, if you don't have the fuel in order to um, do the activities that you need to do, like – and this is one of the big things that Kevin has been, you know – Dealing with with his one hundred mile race coming up that we've talked about a couple episodes back, is like making sure he has enough body fat and glycogen stores on his body so that he doesn't just start breaking down muscle and bone. Because that's
1: eventually what's going to happen. Right. If your body runs out of fuel, you don't keep putting more fuel into the fire. It will find fuel. If you are going to keep forcing it to do the activity, it'll find fuel. So it'll start eating your own muscles because your muscles hang on to the glycogen like it's stored in your liver and your muscles. Mm -hmm. So once it's burned the glycogen out of your muscles, your body will just start eating its muscles then. And then it's going to start trying to suck nutrients out of your bones because you're not putting any nutrients in through food. So it's just going to start draining them from your bone. Now you've got less dense bone and your muscles are breaking down because your body is eating them. This does not seem like a great way to get faster. So you
0: get injured, (laughs) right? And then here's the kicker that like will just drive people up the wall. You end up not getting faster, which is what you're trying to do and you also end up not losing weight and a lot of people actually end up gaining weight in this process like if you're trying to lose weight and train for a race or train to get faster at the same time you actually end up gaining weight because your body is just holding on to whatever it can because it's just it knows it's not getting enough fuel
1: right because it thinks that it's it's in starvation mode yeah and so it tries to hold on to any little bit that it can to make sure that it can survive like you know, survival mechanisms, like your core body functions, it needs to hold onto the fuel for those.
0: And then what happens is that your metabolism actually slows down, right? Because your body is so smart and so efficient. It knows, okay, well, if if this is the level of activity I am being asked to perform at, and this is the amount of fuel I'm getting, I better become way more efficient. And so your body starts burning less calories and less fuel with every workout that you're doing. So then that's why people like end up like getting into this cycle of like they cut their calories and then they like lose weight for a little bit and then their, your metabolism adjusts every time. Our metabolism me- metabolism is always going to adjust, and so then they're like, oh well, now I'm just plateaued. Or maybe they notice again that they're gaining weight even though they're eating the same amount. Yep, they're gaining weight now and they're like, well, I better just keep cutting, right? And they keep cutting. So this is exactly like the opposite of what we were talking about before with adding mileage. You can't just keep adding mileage ad infinitum. And same thing, you can't just keep cutting calories at infinitum like at at some point your body will stop to stop functioning
1: yes right
0: so you cannot like cutting calories trying to lose weight you know by restricting your fuel by restricting your food and training for race at the same time please don't do it okay it is not a good idea i will tell you that right now train in a way that is right for your body right and so You know, I want to ask you guys now, like, do you want to keep believing this? You know, with everything that we just said, like, do you still want to believe that, like, if I weigh less, then I'll probably run faster? Like, it's not the same thing. The two, they may be... Connected. They may be related. Sure. Right? But they're not, it's not a cause and effect of relationship.
1: No, there was uh, just a study I heard about on a podcast, I think this morning, maybe yesterday, um, and it was with ultra runners. So, like people running really, really long mileage, that they found that. Um, BMI, your like body mass index, which has its own issues to it, but essentially how big the the runners were had no predictive ability on how fast runners would be in hundred mile races. Like none at all. Like the lighter runner, the bigger runner, it it mattered not at all. There were all sorts of other crazy things that did matter, but Mm -hmm. weight was not one of them in the slightest.
0: There you go. There's another, another proof right there. All right. So those are the three typical mistakes that we see a lot of runners making. Um, but, ta we have got a bonus. Excellent. Okay. There's one more bonus thing that I wanted to talk about, and that is how quickly we like to label ourselves as humans. Okay? So three, you know, the, three of the common mistakes people make when trying to get faster, let's just review real quick. Number one, running faster will make me faster. Number two, running more will make me faster. And number three, losing weight will make me faster. Sure. Right? And hopefully by now, you guys understand the flaws in those beliefs. And I really want you to at least come away from this episode questioning those things, if those are something that you've believed before. But right now, I want to address the idea of like, well, I've tried to get faster and it hasn't worked. Therefore... I'm just a slow runner.
1: Uh it's that right? therefore, it's that automatic conclusion that you've drawn. Yeah. It goes back to the, these two things happen, so I tried and it didn't work. It's sort of the opposite of, I did lose a couple of pounds and I got faster. Mm-hmm. I did increase my mileage and I got a little bit faster, cause and effect. I did put forth the effort and I didn't get faster. Yep. Therefore, I just can't get faster, period. Right. I'm, I'm just slow. Boom, done.
0: Boom. It's the identity, yes. right? Yes. And I totally, totally understand this because I did this for years, right? I just thought I wasn't a good runner. I was a slow runner, right? And um, I know that you had some different thoughts about this too, right? Like f- what, when you were to compare yourself to different people that you ran with throughout the years.
1: I mean, when I was running in college, I, I definitely had the, I'm a slow runner mindset. and Which is
0: crazy compared, you know, like when, when I look at your times, right? But it's who you were comparing yourself to.
1: Right. I wasn't comparing myself to even me in high school. Like I was faster than I was in high school, yeah. but I was not as fast as the All-Americans that I was running with. I was not mm-hmm. as fast as the whole varsity squad that was trying to make nationals every single year mm-hmm. it was a different ball game and yeah. so since that's who my direct right in front of me peers were like when the people that you're running with on a daily basis are legitimately on paper faster than you you're going to look <laughs> at yourself as slow yeah whatever the numbers are well and
0: that's really what shows you I and mean, that shows you what slow even means <laughs>
1: yeah right
0: yeah. because slow is completely subjective and completely arbitrary oh it's
1: completely arbitrary right,
0: right? and and Like I truly believe, and I I mentioned this earlier, that anyone can be a faster runner because when I learned how to train in a way that was right for me, then I like blew my PRs out of the water, right? When I actually just started to get curious, like, huh, I wonder if I could get faster, right? To me, curiosity is such a strong emotion and it's such a strong place to be in, right? Because maybe you think to yourself right now, I'm a slow runner. And if you were to just try to flip your mindset and be like, no, I'm a fast runner, that's too far of a jump. But what if you're just like, "Mm, I'm willing to think, or I'm I'm willing to wonder if I could be a faster runner, right? Like it's just that sense of curiosity. And it just, again, goes back to that, like, who are you, when you say you're a slow runner, who are you comparing yourself to, right? Slow compared to who? Like I was comparing myself to like the other runners in the five Ks, I guess. So I was definitely comparing myself to you, which is just silly. That was a silly choice. And like, who are you actually comparing yourself to? And I really want you to just stop and think about that. You know, like people are like, well, I, you know, have, I'm in the, the back of the 5k right like i'm i'm always hoping that i'm not going to be last right so therefore of course i'm a slow runner
1: right so you make a very good point here and it's a small difference is you say anybody can be a faster runner Mm -hmm. people may have in their head what fast is yeah but just like
0: they have what slow
1: is sure but faster yeah simply means faster than you currently are Mm -hmm. so if you go out there you run a race you've got a number associated with it faster simply means doing that race faster than you just did it. Yeah. It does not necessarily mean going out and winning the race. It doesn't mean you have to hit whatever this like image in your head of fast means being faster simply means that you can progress from where you are and end up doing what you're currently doing at faster paces. And that doesn't mean I have to go faster every single day. That means that I can go through like a a normal planned out process and actually become a faster runner.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of running, right? Is that we're all on our own journey and it's really just you against you. Mm -hmm. Like who else are you competing against? Yeah like truly who else are you competing against like even you that like goes out and tries to win races like when you enter a race your goal is to win yeah. most of the time right awesome. Often, and so, but even then, I often ask Kevin, I'm like, well, do you want to win? And he, one of his first responses always is, well, I don't know who else is going to be there, because
1: right? Because you just never because know who's ne- going to show up.
0: Right, you never know. So ultimately, even for you, you're still racing yourself, right? You're you're going out there and you are trying to be the best of you version of you you're trying to be a faster version of you
1: yes yeah i mean the one race that we had like a lot of people that uh that were down and watching uh when we ran down in the in key west there was a bunch of, like, your running group was running in the race, so I saw mm-hmm. a bunch of them. We went out to dinner with people the night before. We had friends down that we were going to watch, and they were like, are you going to win it? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm going to run it as fast as I can, but I don't know who's going to show up. Yeah. Like, if you go, and I'm like, I've looked up previous year's race results. I'm like, I could have won it last year. Mm-hmm. I could have won it the year before, but the year before that, somebody came in and just, like, crushed the course. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows who's going to show up on any given race day? So I just, I got to go out there and just run as best as I know that I'm capable of running. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, that's all that any of us can really do. We can go out and run as fast as we can. We can go out and do the best that we can on that day. Sometimes that day is not even your day. Mm -hmm. So maybe you, in fact, are faster, but the clock disagrees with you on that day because it happened to be a bad performance. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you're a slower runner now. That simply means that that wasn't your day. You could still have actually, based off the work you put in, be a better runner. Mm -hmm. Be a faster runner. It's just the clock didn't agree with you. Your body didn't agree. Maybe you ate something funny. Your your legs woke up just feeling stiff. Something weird could have happened. But ultimately, you're just out there trying to see how much you can push on that day.
0: Yeah, and that's what all of us do, right? And I think that that's a really important thing to remember. Because if you truly believe that you're a slow runner do you actually think that you're going to do the work to get faster
1: uh, No, right
0: like you, you you just won't right and i think that this is why it, it always comes down to our thoughts it always comes down to our thoughts and our beliefs like if we believe that we are a slow runner we will not do the work to get faster because there's still going to be a part of us it's like what, what what's the point You're a slow runner. What's the point of you even doing this, right? There's that little voice in the back of your head that's always there. All of us have that voice. No matter how fast or slow you think you are, you have that voice. I have that voice. Kevin has that voice. I'm sure Kipchoge has that voice. I'm sure he's done lots and lots of mental training to, like, try to quiet that voice as much as possible. But it's still there, right? Like, even, like billionaires, millionaires, like all these people that I I learned from, um, you know, in like the personal development world as well, they all have that voice. Mm -hmm. And it's just about who can silence that voice the longest and who can keep going, even though that voice is there, right? So if you do have that idea of like, I'm just a slow runner, I want you to start believing or getting curious that You know, start believing that you can get faster. Start believing in the possibility. Maybe if I trained a little bit differently, I could get faster because your belief has to come first. And maybe, like I said, maybe you can't jump all the way to, like, I'm a fast runner, right? I'm going to win races. Maybe that's not where you even need to get to, right? But what if you just thought... What if I could get faster, right? What if I could get a little bit faster than I am right now? Right. Start there.
1: Like you like to take the the word slow out of I'm a slow runner. And you're like, ah, if you say you're a slow runner, then you're you're stuck. But what if you literally can even hold that identity? Because it's tough for people to let go of that sometimes. What if you can say I'm a slow runner, but I can get faster? Mm -hmm. Like what if you could just add that onto it? Maybe I'll be just a little bit faster from where I am whether you consider that still a slow runner or not a slow runner, could you get faster from where you are? And yes, I think you could all get faster from where you are.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, ultimately our thoughts and our beliefs drive our actions and then our actions give us the results that we have in our life, in our running for everything. Right. So you have to be willing to believe it first, or at least be open to that possibility. Right. So after everything that we've given you tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this, like we're finishing our recording in the evening here, um, do you want to believe that you can be a faster runner? That's what I, really what I want to ask you. Do you want to believe that you can be a
1: faster runner? Yes. Because all I feel of us like yes is the answer to that yes, one. Yes,
0: yes. Scream it. But we have kids sleeping in the rooms behind us possibly. Either that or they're just up listening to listening us, to us. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: Gaining life lessons.
0: But ultimately, yeah, you have to believe it first. So we want to show you guys how to do this. We want to show you how to start breaking down these thoughts and beliefs that are hidden and getting in your way of becoming the faster runner that you want to be. And, and we've started to do that with this podcast, and we're going to continue that in our free five-day challenge that we're running next week. So May 9th through the 13th, we're running our next free five-day challenge. It's a, a free training that we love to do a few times a year, and we're going to help you understand how to run faster without pushing harder. And then we also want you guys to stay tuned because the week after that, May 16th, we will be opening up opening up enrollment to our real life runners training academy it is new and improved because we want to show you how to create a plan that's right for you okay like the way that we've run our programs in the past we have made customized training plans for people but i've decided that we don't want to do that anymore we want to give you all of the tools so that you understand how to make a plan that's right for you because that's really what we were talking about a lot in this episode is like understanding how to train in a way that's right for you and your body and your goals and your lifestyle and that changes right and you don't want to necessarily have to keep paying a running coach to just keep making plans for you right so we want to show you how to make that plan so that's gonna be a new program that we're opening up on May 16th so keep your eyes out for that as well it's only gonna be open for a week okay so if you're interested in that um, head over you can sign up for our challenge and you can also sign up for our waiting list over on the website as well if you want to get on the wait list you can go to realliferunners.com forward slash team and that will um, let you know when that program opens if you want to join the free five-day challenge you can go over to fivedayrunningchallenge.com to sign up for that today and hopefully we'll get to see you next week because I'm excited to Coach you guys next week, really through this, like getting in there and actually seeing what are those thoughts and beliefs that are getting in your way, right? Because each of us have like little different versions of those thoughts, right? Slightly
1: different versions. Slightly
0: different versions of those thoughts. So um, we're going to be breaking those down and I would love to coach you guys next week. That's really um, a huge part of this free live challenge is like I get to coach you guys and I get to coach you guys for free. So I'm here answering all of your running questions, helping you figure out why you haven't gotten faster so far, figuring out why you're in a cycle of injury, figuring out why you're not making the progress that you want. Come on, come talk to me. I would love to coach you through it. Um, and again, that's five day If you want to jump in on that week of free coaching, um, with us. So as always, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been the real life runners podcast episode number 251. Now get out there and run your life.